Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. Welcome to a very special episode of the Community Corner. At CMX Summit 2021 Rise, I had the distinct pleasure of chatting with Holly Firestone, VP of Community, and Jeff Hudson, CEO of Venify. We talked about the importance of up-leveling community to the executive team, the importance of community identity, and they share their best tips on how to get buy-in from executive leaders. Have a listen. Well, we're all very excited to have you here. And I will say that this, the Q&A tab is open. We'll try to take some attendee questions if we can fit them into the conversation. But I'd like to dive right in. Jeff, you're in an elevator and the building is only 30 floors tall. Explain what Venify is from the ground floor to the 30th floor. So Beth, I'm glad you asked. And let me give you some context. There are two actors on a network people, and machines. And people use usernames and passwords as identify, identification to identify themselves to machines. And then machines have to identify themselves to each other. They don't use usernames and passwords. They use machine identities. We spend about $10 billion a year managing human identities, and we're just getting started protecting and managing machine identities And identities are like critical because bad guys steal them and use them in attacks. And so we created this category called machine identity management. And the company has grown phenomenally because it's the future. The number of people is relatively flat and the number of machines is going through the roof. Digital transformation is all about machines. So we manage machine identities for the world's largest, most security conscious organizations. How was that? Was that 30 floors? Ding! Yeah. Elevator. Rush is <laughs> perfect timing. <laughs> did, I, did I get you? Did I hold your attention? You did. And I think that what really held my attention is that we created a category. I feel like no wonder this organization has grown so large and so organically when you're swimming in blue water like that. Exactly. And so then Holly, now we know what you do. I would love to hear about the Venify community. So who's actually in the community and what do they get out of it? Yeah. So if you if you really think about community in the more formal aspect, the Venify community is really in its infancy right now. We're just rolling onto a new online community platform and getting programs set up, but the people are there, which is what's important. The engagement is there, which is what's important. And so we are really focused on what we would call machine identity management architects. So people that are focused on all of the things that Jeff just brought up. And then a lot of times at their companies, they're the only person that does what they do and they can feel very alone. So a community is an amazing opportunity for them to connect with others and to think about professional development. So we're growing that. We're starting with just you know people that are focused on using our product and in the product every day, but we'll continue to expand because this category is so important to so many. So we'll bring in developers and we'll bring in our ecosystem partners. And we have this huge network you know, of people that we want to bring in. And even just machine identity management enthusiasts have an opportunity to come in and get educated and connect with others and advance their careers as well. And what kind of programs are you implementing right now for those? So right now, just members. rolling onto the, the online platform, which is many of you know, is um, 
a great amount of work. We're really, really excited about that because that will come with forums and it will come with groups and ideas, um, all really, really important aspects of community. But then looking down the line, we're certainly thinking about user groups, which is very near and dear to my heart. And actually, Jeff himself used to be a user group leader, which is one of my favorite things about Jeff that I discovered way later after uh, starting at Venify. So user group program, uh, top contributors program, and then thinking a lot about education and the tie between education and community. Let me add something here, because I think this is really important for the group to understand. And a little history on the company, I joined almost 11 years ago. We were 20 people and less than a million dollars in revenue. Today, we're over 450 people, close to over $100 million, substantially over $100 million in revenue. And we have 3,500 organizations today using our technology worldwide. And 10 years ago, there were five. And so in creating this category, we found a whole bunch of like-minded people. And you know, and they shared the vision. And we have a vision where the world evolves so that humans and machines cooperate to make the human condition better. And so we have this mission. And what's really cool is we're leaders, we're innovators, we've led the market, we've developed the market, we spent a lot of money helping developers come up to speed. We've invested, we set up a, a machine identity management development fund with $12.5 million and have been funding developers to build out their products that can attach to the Venify uh, service so that everybody can make machine identities much more managed and much more secure. And, you know, Holly is our Sherpa, okay? So Holly's our guide and our leader that's building the community of Venify Warriors. And she and I hit it off amazingly right up front because as she said, I ran a Unix user group. I know it ages me. A Unix user group in the Bay Area. It was called the Bay Area user, Unix user group and it was a technical user group. So it was the Bay Tug technical user group. And you know, we would I would take my own money because there was no money, take my own money, go buy pitchers of beer and buy some pizzas. And 30 or 40 people would show up somewhere in Santa Clara, Silicon Valley area. And we talk about what's going on in Unix. This was before Unix became Linux, obviously. And so I saw the power of that because all of a sudden here you got all these disciples. And it wasn't about the pizza and the beer. It was about we we're on a common mission. And that's what Holly's doing really well is building this community of like-minded people that are on the same mission. I love that. And I, I feel like it's a little bit about the pizza and the beer, but you're right. I would say the majority <laughs> is definitely that shared experience, that shared identity. And so Jeff, because you have communities clearly near and dear to your heart, and you have a very specific perspective as the CEO of a you know huge company. So what are some of the value drivers that you see coming out of the community in like a business strategy kind of mindset? You bet. So I think First of all, community is not a thing. It's not a thing in marketing. Community is one of the main pillars of our business into the future. I see that so clearly. Holly is on the executive team. She reports directly to me. She's not in marketing because community touches everything. Community is much more of a philosophy than it is marketing attribution. It's much more of a, a philosophy that attaches to everything in our strategy. Than, than it is, you know, increased ROI. Although I will talk at some point today about how you get people's attention on this, because even though the ROI doesn't show up in a calculator anywhere, I think maybe this is one of the biggest 
returns on investment a company can can see and can experience because it's so darn powerful. And so the culture of the company, first of all, is set up for this. We the statement number one statement is we make customers successful. That's it. Second is we're warriors because we protect our customers because identity is security and we protect the identity. So we're warriors. We're not just merchants. And third, we're leaders. And the leadership values are honesty and transparency, lead by example, awareness, take risks, fail fast, team before self, disagree and commit, and then do social good. And that spells H-E-A-R-T-S. So we're warriors with heart, hearts. Warriors with hearts. Love that. And that, and we push that like crazy. We train it, we reinforce it. So that starts a really good positive foundation for building a community of like-minded people that like those values, right? And we found a whole bunch of people like those values. So it's really kind of cool to drive it throughout the, the organization that says, look, what we're doing is we're extending ourselves. We're extending our influence to like-minded individuals and helping them in many, many ways, helping them with their career development, helping them help others, helping them by having an identity that it persists, even if they switch companies, which we know a lot of people do. They're identified as a warrior, as a identified warrior, and they can hold on to that. And we'll talk later about what does that mean to identify directly. But you can hear in my voice how near and dear this is to me. And Holly just amplified it. And so we set up this great partnership. I just wish every CEO had an opportunity to work with Holly, somebody like Holly. Nobody's going to work with Holly but me, just to be clear. But <laughs> work with people like Holly because it, you know, tra- it transforms business. I told the attendees that they should have a blank page ready because I feel like, Jeff, everything you said is very quotable and tweetable. And you mentioned ROI. And Holly, I actually want to talk to you about proving the ROI of community. At CMX, we actually call it the return on community, uh, ROC. But I would like to talk about how you report this to other teams in your organization and how that story kind of changes based on the team that you're reporting to. Sure. So real fast, now everybody knows why I love working at Venify so much. It just came out very clearly to everyone um, how how happy I am to be building community at Venify. So I wanted to point that out. Thinking about return on community. So one thing that we do at Venify is that we focus on OKRs. So that's objectives and key results. And we have objectives and key results that sit across all of Venify. And one of the most important things about me being on the exact team and community being its own department is that we can focus on those top-level OKRs that Venify is focused on. And we have the flexibility to do that. We sat on another team. We'll use marketing, for example, again. Then we would really be focused on building towards those marketing goals, which do ultimately end up being you know, tied to our overall company goals. But this way, I have flexibility to really think about what's needed the most for our business and move our team towards working towards that and move our programs and our strategy towards working towards that. So it's really important. But the messaging has to change with each team that we talk to as part of building out these partnerships, especially in the beginning. There's a lot of teams really, you know, as we're building something new that need to learn a lot about community. And it's not just what community needs from them, but what they can think about in terms of ROI from community. And so it's my job to teach that. And I, you know, I said a while back, 
I tweeted this a while back and I don't know how many people it resonated with, but my job, when I think about how I've grown, and we'll talk about this a little bit later into, you know, executive team role and a leadership role is I felt a real shift where sales became a very important part of my job and being able to sell the value of community to anybody that I'm talking to. So it's relatable. It relates to them. They understand the value that it brings to them is so important. And so really it's, it's a mix of a few things, but number one is tying to our top level business goals and making sure that as a community team, we're building a strategy that drives towards that. And then everything else there's, I mean, we know that there's the kind of center of excellence for community and it spokes out to ROI for all of these other teams and being able to express that ROI in a way that shows value to those teams is really important, but ultimately you know, the success of the community is going to be tied up to those top level goals because it does touch everything. Yeah. So I wanted to amplify something Holly said and and sort of flip around something you said on its head. Holly doesn't have to go and report to people what community is doing for them. They have to report back to the executive team, how they're helping build the community. Okay. Because if you look at the power of community, and I'll just use a few quick little examples. And Holly, I hope I'm not stepping on anything you were going to say, but just take the simplest. Oh, no, please, please. Okay. What does it mean to an organization like ours? If 10% of the technical questions, questions that normally would go to help desk or, you know, whatever, what if those got answered by the community, people in the community that are specialists that have a passion around that and that are practitioners, they could answer those questions. 10%. What would that mean? Well, I can tell you, you can do the math on 10% and what that would mean, but that's not the big thing. The big thing is you're creating some connections now between like-minded individuals, and those connections are centered around how do you get something done to manage machine identities and in the Venify ecosystem? Now, what's that worth? That's worth, you know, that those two things together are worth millions. Even in a small company, it's worth millions because you have people now who are centered their thinking and their thought process and everything they're doing around our mission and pulling it together. Now, that absolutely is worth millions. You can't do that with advertising. You can't advertise in TechCrunch for you know the next 40 days and get any kind of thing like that. So that's just one. How do you make services and products better? What do you do? You know, Hire McKinsey to go do surveys. What, what if you just get in the community forum and say, hey, guys, what, what do you need from us? What could we do, be doing to help you better be successful? I mean, you're going to get so much better response. So remember what I said about our culture? It's about success. Everything you do in community helps people be more successful. So it just ties right back into the culture. So if you have the, uh, the, the company objective and if your culture is based on making money or going public, or whatever else is, yeah, I'm not sure you want to do community because whoever's at the top is thinking about this wrong. But if you're thinking about making customers successful, there is nothing in the world as strong as community to make that happen. And I would argue companies with the most successful customers are the most fastest growing, the most profitable, the best investments, blah, blah, blah. So it all boils back to this pillar called community. And and I like return on community because then I can say, and this is kind of a dad joke, but then I can say, Holly rocks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> well, Jeff, I, 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 I want to say, 
I'm getting fired up listening to you talk about community and I'm feeling very validated about this industry. And I know there are a lot of people in the chat who are feeling validated. My question is, when they are talking to their executive team, community managers are talking to their executive team or the C-suite of their organization without just playing an audio clip of you <laughs> talking about community, <laughs> how can they put the value of community in a language their C-suite or their executive team will understand? Yep. Okay. So I already used one example. What does it mean to the organization in dollars and cents? Because that's always sort of the lingua franca of most organizations. You know, what's the return on investment, dollars and cents? Uh, how do we get our money back? What are we investing for, et cetera, et cetera? What's it mean in dollars and cents if 10% of the support questions are answered by the community? It's right there, one. What does it mean if a prospect, somebody that's got the problem Benefy solves, calls a friend and the friend recommends that they talk to Venify and they say nothing but good things about Venify. What's that word of mouth mean? What's that worth? That's worth millions of dollars. What does it mean if a person leaves a customer, a Venify customer who's in our community and goes to another company that's not a Venify customer? What's that mean? They're still in the community. They have an identity there. Of course, they're going to want to work again with Venify and be in that continue to be part of that community. What's that worth? It's worth millions of dollars. What's it worth if you're getting thousands of more positive remarks and upvotes and everything else on just LinkedIn? So the community is tied into it and they see it and somebody rec says something and all of a sudden there's, you know, a thousand uh, responses and a thousand upvotes on something. It's like, what's that worth? That's worth millions. So I just talked about four kind of mundane examples and each one is worth millions of dollars. <laughs> How's that? I mean, it's that as simple help? as that, isn't it? I think so. Oh, everybody well, needs to ask for a raise <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry. You heard it here first, folks. You're all worth way more than you think. You rock. You rock, Holly. <laughs> well, and Holly, so I want to talk to you because you're clearly so excited to have this new role with this amazing company. And an experience that we hear a lot in the CMX community is that there are a lot of mid-level community managers who are managing or working on a team that aren't able to reach that director or VP or CCO level, how can these folks make a seat for themselves at a table where there might not be a seat already? I think that some of the things that we already brought up really play in here. So thinking about you know the dollars and cents obviously is very important. Being able to actually stand in front of people and sell the value of community, no matter what group that they are, make sure that they understand what that value is. And you have to be able to back it up with data. You have to be able to show what your community is doing and how that impacts the company as a whole. So taking you know a step back and looking at what's going on in community and tying it to the bigger picture. So I think that a lot of people get caught in a mid-level position because they're so focused on the day-to-day -day of being a community manager. And you can't blame them, right? Because these teams are small, they're under-resourced, you've got one person that's doing seven people's jobs. Um, and it becomes really hard to step out of that and up-level to really think about, okay, what does this mean for us as a business? And how do I back that up with data? And how do I make the case for more resources so that they can grow their teams, they can grow as a leader, and then they can grow the scope of what community is doing and what community is doing for the business. So I know it's really hard to achieve the balance of those things, especially if you don't have a leadership team that's as amazing 
uh, as mine, but it's really, really important to be aware of that and always be building towards that because that's what you do as a leader. That's what you do as a leader on any team. You need to be able to, you know, use data to to show the work that your team is doing and show that you're improving and growing and iterating to be better. Every team does that. Product teams do that. Sales teams do that. Marketing teams do that. So community is no different. It's about taking on those next steps is growing who you are as a leader. So one of the points that I'm not sure all CEOs understand, but they need to understand is that there is so much mobility now among customers. Everything is as a service. So you don't invest a lot. You can turn things off, right? So you got to think about what's going to keep people tied into us. What's going to keep people connected to us and the people are customers and future customers. And so how do you keep your existing customers and how do you get more? And word of mouth is far and away the absolute best way to get this done. And so it used to be that all information was controlled by a corporation and then they would dole it out through the sales forces to prospects and customers to find out what they could do with somebody's products. This was before the web showed up. I've been on both sides of this thing, so I've seen this whole change. Now, people can get almost any information they need at any time, anywhere, and they don't have to talk to anybody. And and it turns out that about 80% of all work that's done on making a decision is done before they even talk to the company, if it's a company product they're gonna gonna select. So companies are under the illusion that they have a lot more control over this process than they do. There aren't a connection between the company. There isn't a good connection between the company and the prospect or the company and the customer. So if you can create a community where the identity of that individual, so the community member, is tied to the community, it's not tied to a company corporate brand. This is exactly where the world is going. The next generations, millennials and everything else, are much more likely to attach to an identity that is not some kind of a commercial brand. There's general distrust in some ways about commercial brands. And, you know, I'm going to kind of like go back to the uh, early 70s and I had a ponytail at one point and there was a ton of distrust of anything corporate at the time, right? A reject authority. Some of that's coming back. I'm feeling it. But people still want to have an identity. And they, they long to be identified to something strong and good with a good mission. And so if a company can create a community and be part of that, that then people attach to, indirectly, they're attached to the company. But the intent has got to be, I'm creating an identity for these folks. I'm here to help them, make them successful. And then, and then I will, in turn, become successful. But if you have an interim identity that people can attach to and love and become part of, it's so much stronger than any connection to a brand because brands go up and down for all kinds of reasons. I want to dive into that a little bit more because we've talked about the fact that, you know, Holly, you felt like a salesperson in your career because you have to wear this sales hat where you prove the value in dollars and cents to a specific you know, team, but then you are building these meaningful connections and you're building a space where these identities are forming that we all know the value of them. But the question is, and a couple of people are asking about this, is how do you present this data if you're challenged about the value of the community? How do you wear these two hats for, you know, the social side and then also the salesperson side? 
I don't think they're ne- they're not mutually exclusive, right? I think you paint a fuller picture if you're using these layered on top of each other, right? So it always depends on the audience that you're talking to, you know, and making sure that they are absorbing, you know, the value of community that they understand what that means, but they both play a role. So certainly dollars and cents, your business, you are operating like a business. There's a lot of resources that go into community. So thinking about how you can tie all those things together in that way, but even the identity and the, the social piece of this, you can still quantify the value of that in different ways. And you can also layer on telling these stories, you know, of a customer is in our community, like Jeff was saying, and then they go to another company that's not in our community and they bring Venify over with them, you can quantify that. And that's directly related to the community and their identity. Jeff, want to see if you want to jump in? (laughs) (laughs) No, I just like to throw some curveballs out there. No, I was just reading. One, I was just reading one of the questions in the chat. Sorry, and I had an idea on that one. So no, I, Holly, Holly said it said it beautifully. Well, I actually wanted to have you answer one of the questions in the chat. David Spinks asks, "What's something you two have disagreed on, and why did Holly win that argument?" Um, it's a tough so one. We haven't. Yeah, it's a tough one. We haven't disagreed on much. I think it wasn't a disagreement. And I'm not, I think Holly won, Holly wins every argument, first of all, because what she does is even when she loses, she turns it into a win. I mean, she's very skilled at that. And by the way, salesperson in this case is selling the concept, the philosophy, the value of community inside the company. I mean, that's the first thing you do. If anybody's ever run a campaign like a political campaign, you know, you find your supporters, you find the neutrals and you find the detractors, right? And then you you give the you give the supporters all the ammunition they need to do to go out and convince the neutrals that this is the right vision, this is the right thing. And then you sort of neutralize the detractors because you're probably not going to change their mind anyway. And so what Holly has done really well, and this was sort of you know a new learning, and you might call this selling, but she actually found the supporters on the executive team and she helped them become advocates. And then pretty soon everybody in the executive team was won over. So it's kind of like you start with two, it was me and Holly and a few more, and then another concentric circle, another concentric circle, another concentric circle. Do not try to go convince everybody at once with some damn PowerPoint presentation that community is going to do all these things. It doesn't work. You need to build your support base one concentric circle at a time. And that's sort of general advice, but it really matters here. Build your community, start with the seed, make it bigger and bigger and bigger, bigger, and pretty soon it swallows everything. Isn't that the way community works? So what did Holly and I disagree on? It wasn't a disagreement. It was, I just had this perspective, the team members, my, the other ELT, executive leadership team members, had to be able to express what they were doing to support community. And Holly, where she came from, where most people came from, in a lot of cases, it's like, yeah, what's the return on community? What's the community done for me lately? And so we just sort of had to flip that. And it wasn't a hard one. We disagreed. She won, but she just, you know, used jujitsu on me. And but that's an important one. It was a really important one. There's another one that comes to mind where <laughs> Jeff was working a lot on his days off and I pushed him on it. And it has nothing to do with community, right? But being 
on the exact team and working together and looking out for each other and thinking about leadership. I pushed him on it and he was like, no, I gotta, I gotta work blah, blah, blah. But he did, he did eventually come back and say, I can take it. She took our culture and she banged me on the head with it because our culture is honesty and transparency lead by example. Don't say something and tell people do what I say, not what I do. And she said, Jeff, do you want everybody to work as hard as you do? I said, (laughs) no, it's not healthy. And she said, okay, then what's our culture say? It says, lead by example. Holly, you're right. I'm better than that. Next time, what I'll do is I will absolutely unplug and let everybody know I'm, I'm unplugging too. It's important. Like being on the exec team, it's not just about me being 100% focused on community now. Obviously, community is my is my department and I'm very focused on it, but thinking about our company as a whole and helping us as an exec team move forward too. Um, and learning from all of the other teams, you know, their parts of the business so I can be better at what I do is extremely important. So this word called, or this phrase called change management comes to mind. And if you think about change management and what it, what does it mean and what's the scope of it and how do you get it done? There is in every company, there is a group of people Sometimes it's executive leadership team. Sometimes it's another defined differently, but they are the ones that are kind of thinking about policy and direction and strategy. Not it's the what we want to do and why we want to do it, not the how. Okay. And that is sort of kind of like the first team when it comes to the first concentric circle. You got to get that team to buy in. Otherwise, change doesn't work. It doesn't happen. Humans hate change. It scares them. And I'm talking in general now, not everybody, but you got to overcome that by getting a group together that will support each other. So when it gets scary for whatever reason, there's fallback and support for it. And moving community to the forefront or a pillar of a corporate strategy is change management. So make sure that first team, that first concentric circle, in a lot of cases, it is functionally the executive leadership team. Make sure they're all bought in and supportive. And a lot of the things we've talked about today will help with that. I think it's the old saying. It's not an old saying. It's a very current saying. You know, you put your oxygen mask on first before anybody else's. I feel like community professionals and flight attendants know the most how important that is. That if you're not taking care of yourself first, then it's impossible for you to take care of others. And that goes both for the community and your internal team. This has been wonderful. We have a couple minutes left and I do have one last question that I'd like you both to answer. It's some advice for people, community professionals who are feeling imposter syndrome. So for those people who are about to face that conversation with C-suite or the exec team, how did they, what should they think? What's your advice for them before they have that maybe difficult conversation? I think we touched on so much of it here, but One thing that I remind myself and I remind my team and I remind a bunch of other community professionals that I'm connected with is that you are very likely the most experienced community professional in the room. In a lot of situations you're in, probably most of them. So remember that as you're going into the room. You have that knowledge and you have that experience, but make sure to balance that with knowing that there are people in the room that have a lot of knowledge and experience about things that you don't Use all of the information that you can, learn from them, absorb it to make you more well-rounded, to make you learn you know, more about how the business runs so you can advance as a leader. I think that that's really important, but walking into a room, you're the community expert and you can feel confident in that. And we have 
not much time left, but before we close this out, I also just, I have to say, I have to give a quick shout out to Sophia Rodriguez Mata and Tiffany Oda on my team, because all of this stuff that's coming together with community simply would not be happening without them. And they're absolute rock stars. Return on community stars. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both so much. This has been such a pleasure. There's so many good questions. I'm sorry we didn't get to them all, but the chat has been going off. People are super engaged. Please join me with a million chat emojis for Holly and Jeff from Benify. Thank you very much, Beth. Thank you, everybody thank in the you. community. You're on a really important mission. Keep going. It isn't easy. People are going to say, hey, what are you doing? What is this about? You're going to question yourself? Don't. Community is the foundation. It's what humans are based on, is communities. And for a long, long time, humans are going to be a big part of this. So build the community, and hopefully today has helped. My very last note, just to answer one question, we will be hiring at some point. So keep a lookout. Awesome. Thank you both so much. Thank you yeah, all. I hope Thank people you. were taking notes because I there's a lot of really good inspiring inspiring advice from those two. So thank you very much, Jeff and Holly. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre. <laughs>